Let's turn our Bibles again to Luke chapter 2 this morning, and uh, we'll get into the message and won't be long this morning, just give you a couple of thoughts here um, on this uh, great passage. Probably, if there was any favorite uh, portion of scripture regarding the Christmas story, this would be it for me. I love the story of the shepherds in the field, and mainly because I, in some way, can relate in the sense of they were just in the mundane of their lives. You understand that what we're reading about in regard to them being in the field wasn't anything new for them. This is what shepherds do. They just were in the field with their flock. And I can imagine that all of us here, perhaps we've gone through our year, we've just had a bit of that, you know, daily grind, the day-to-day and We've sort of just come to it. It's the time of the year where it's always been. It's, there's carols, and now there's uh, Christmas in a week to come, and maybe you've even taken a bit of time like I, I normally do in the course of the year, taken stock of what the year's been like and maybe the, the burden of that and also the, the ups and downs of that. And you sometimes fall into a bit of a, a, bit of a just a, a rut, just a routine, and you go through all of that, and then sometimes in the process of that, we get a, a bit of a disturbance. And in this story that we read here, we, we see that there was a bit of a, an entrance into the life of the shepherds of joy. And if we're not careful in our lives, we can just be so set in our duties and so set in the, the mundane of life that those entrances of desire to, to fellowship with us, we might even miss that. And that's really what happened in the life here. And I wonder if there was ever a time where um, maybe you got a, a phone call or maybe you got some sort of thing that just disturbed the norm. And maybe you, you heard of, of some news that sort of got your attention. And it was a particular time I was, uh, had just visited uh, my, my girlfriend at the time, was Azariah. Just in case you were wondering, we were, I had just gone and walked to her house. We lived just a block or two away, so I had walked over to her house and had just visited and, and just gone to see her that, uh, that afternoon. And as I was walking home, um, you know, there was, a, there was a, a boy who was knocking on doors. Now, that's interesting. I don't really see teenagers doing that, but there was a, a young person, and he was just knocking on doors, and... You see, he went out, out to the street, so I just thought I'd, I'd chat with him. So I had a chat with him, and what he was doing, he was trying to sell raffle tickets for a certain charity that he supported. And I thought, well, that's a great initiative, and I felt right there that I was meant to talk to him about the Lord, and so I, I thought, well, how am I going to sort of introduce myself? I didn't want to just, you know, tap him on the shoulder. So this isn't really my practice, but I bought a raffle ticket, all right? Bought a raffle ticket off him, and I just chatted with him. And about 15, 20 minutes later, he called on the Lord to save him. And I sort of, thought of, sort of said, look, that's, that's great. And I walked away thinking, well, that's made my day. A couple of weeks later, it was just one of those days. I was just having a long day, and it was just, I was in the grind of things. It was probably a busy time at church, or it was probably a busy time at, at uni, and, and all of that mixed together. And I got a phone call. And, you know, they, I answered the phone and they said, well, it's so-and-so from this charity. And I said, 
And I had no idea. It just didn't dawn in my mind that uh, I totally forgot about the whole thing. And so, you know, um, we want to say congratulations. And I said, congratulations for what? I said, you had one. I go, one what? I said, you won first prize in the raffle. And I'm glad. And I said, wow, I've never won anything before. And at first I thought, someone's pranking me. You know, it's one of my friends, probably John. And uh, but then I thought, no, no, I'd, maybe I'll go check it out. And so I went to this address that they had uh, given, uh, given me, and I had won a $900 Peewee bike. And I, you know, I don't, I'm not interested in that stuff, but what it was, it was just a bit of a disturbance. It was an, a bit of an entrance of joy in my life. And what I did with it is I sold it and I took the money, all right? That was better. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes if we're not paying attention God's trying to communicate to us in different ways. And it, it might be that he's trying to change up your, your mundane to just give you an entrance of joy in your life. And, you know, we, we don't mind certain disturbances. We don't mind certain changes. Sometimes maybe there's a friend that we haven't seen in a while, a good friend, and they make a sudden phone call and they say, hey, we're just around your, your neighborhood. Can we drop in? And so what, what do we do? We do the best we can to drop everything that we, we have scheduled that day. And we, uh, we suddenly were busy cleaning up and getting the house ready. And we want to welcome them in. We, we don't mind certain disturbances and certain things that really offer us a bit of joy. But I think sometimes in our, we can be so stuck in our situation that even when there's an, an overt uh, disturbance in our lives to, to get us out of our mundane, to get us back on track to joy, we can sometimes even be resistant to that. And yet what we find here in this Christmas story in the life of these shepherds is they took their opportunity for joy and it, it transformed them and it made and drink. You know, we're going to have a lot of food and a lot of uh, celebration, but the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. The Bible says it's righteousness and peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what Christianity is meant to mean to us. And so God is in the work of giving joy, and He does so even in the midst of the mundane, even in the duties of life, and even in the midst of that. And, and yet too many times I think we settle in our daily living without the joy He offers. And I think in this Christmas season, I think it's, it's pertinent for us to look for the joy that God offers in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we'll get into the passages. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless, and we'll get into it this morning. Father, we love you. I want to thank you, dear Lord, for your goodness and grace, and thank you for the opportunity, dear God, to, Lord, open your word, and Lord, in this moment, um, allow your spirit and allow your word to, Lord, even um, get us back and, and maybe get our attention to the things that we're supposed to be joyful about. I pray that you'd help us, dear Lord, to understand the things that, that you've got for us here, preserved in your word. I pray that you'd help us and that you'd minister to us. And then, Lord, as a result, then our joy will be filled. And we're thankful, dear Lord, for this time. We're thankful for the songs of praise we've heard today that lifts our spirits to you. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And so, really, in the, in the first place, we've got to understand that joy comes at times as an interjection in our routine. And, you know, sometimes we... We have our routines, and I know that many people thrive in their routines. They just like to know when things are happening, and they like to know that at this time, at this place, this will be done. And, and it's good to be in that. You know, I think sometimes we lose 
a lot of a lot of life because we're just sort of jumping from one thing to the next. And I think many times, rather than actually being part, uh, being in in our place where we're supposed to be, sometimes we're just looking for distractions. I think sometimes when we look at the world around us, they're just looking for the next distraction that somehow in that moment or in that momentary time can fill a little bit of their lives with a little bit of joy. And they're looking for the next thrill. They're looking for the next thing that can somehow fill a little bit of a void that they're, they're feeling in, the, in what they, they feel is a trap of the daily routine. But you understand that in each and every day of our lives, that whether we know it or not, God's doing something. And what we find here is in the life of these shepherds, they were just in the field like they normally are. We read it earlier there that they were in the same country, these shepherds abiding in the field. And what same country was that? We read that in verses 6 and 7. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And it was speaking about the fact that within their vicinity in that exact time and within, uh, within really a stone's throw, the, this greatest gift that was ever going to be given was about to be born. And unknown to those shepherds, they were just in the moment at the right time. They were just there. And unbeknownst to the shepherds, something momentous was occurring even as they were going through the motions of the normal day. And, and don't discount the fact that God is doing something even if we're not feeling it. Even if there's just the mundane of life, you're just in your workplace, you're just in that, that scheduled event. You're just in the week like you've always been in the week. And, and sometimes we forget that, that God is above all of that and actually He's just waiting for the time to just disturb you a little bit and interject in your Monday. And there it was, right there as they were in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then we read suddenly out of nowhere in verses 9 and 10, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone run about them, and they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, and notice this of great joy, which shall be to all the people. And so suddenly, this good news comes, and it brings great joy. And, and again, I wonder if you've ever gotten news that, has, uh, that has, has given you such joy, has stopped you in your tracks. You know, I remember the, the first time when we were... We just got married, and we, we heard news after a while there that we were expecting. And in our family, we, that was the first, we were going to have the first grandchild. And I remember the feeling of that, hearing about that news, and then to be able to deliver that news, and to be able to live, deliver that, that news of great joy. And in, in no doubt, the things stop, and things suddenly come into perspective a little bit. And this is what happened in the life of those, uh, those shepherds. They were just in the field looking after their flock, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And suddenly this interjection in their, their mundane, it came. And I wonder if you remember the time where maybe in your life, perhaps those of you who were saved later on in life, you were just going through the motions of life. You were just going through the, the, just the, the habits of each day, and, and maybe how you were going through, you had a family, you had a career, and whatever else. And you were just going through all of that, and then suddenly someone came with an interjection of joy. It was the good news of the gospel, and aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that somehow someone came, came and interjected in your norm so that you could change course? And suddenly there it was, plain 
as day, as if the, the angels were singing to you the good news of a Savior that has come. The other night we were in the city, we, we were just walking around enjoying the Christmas lights there and, and as we were, uh, we were leaving and going back, there was a group of people and uh, they had handed out a little business card with a little QR code about the real meaning of Christmas. And so uh, my wife received one of those and then on the way back I talked to the man and they were from another church on the south side of, of Brisbane and they were just there, just handing out these little cards, talking about the real meaning of Christmas. And you know, that was, I'm glad for that. I'm glad for people who, in, the, in, in their mindset to want to be a blessing and a help, want to disturb and interject in someone's day just in case they needed to hear and needed to hear of the great news that will bring them great joy. And so joy can come to us if really, firstly, if we're willing to be disturbed. If we're willing not just to be distracted by our routine or distracted by other things in our routine, but allowed ourselves to be disturbed. And, you know, God is in the business of at times disturbing our normality. He's in the business of that. At times when God's trying to get our attention, I think we're sometimes simply uh, too set in our ways or to set on other distractions to really pay attention to what God would have for us. And you understand there's a lot of distractions in life, isn't there? There's a lot of things that we try to pay attention to that really, when, it, when it's all added up to it, it, it doesn't really matter so much for all of eternity. And we spend so much time being distracted by these results and those things that are coming up and we spend time looking into that and, and I'm not saying any of that is, is in itself wrong, but if those things are distracting us away from the very thing that God's trying to get our attention to, then we better be careful because God might just be trying to disturb you for a reason. God might be just trying to get your attention away from those, those distractions and those, the, the, the stubbornness that we sometimes have in the settling that we have in our norm. Because later on in verse 15, after the hearing this, I'm thankful that the shepherds said this in verse 15. It says, let us now go. You know, they heard that and they understood it was for them. And you know, for us, I don't think we are living in a time where really angels will interject. We have other means that God uses. And, and those other means, firstly, is really God's His declarations. Those things that he has for, uh, for us in his word. He says in John 15, 11, again, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. I think sometimes within our routine, the thing that we don't include in that is those design times where God can speak to us. Those times where actually we're meant to open his word and he's meant to just speak into our lives the very thing that we need to just be a little disturbed and then realigned and maybe even refilled with the joy that we need for the day. There's times, I think, in my life where it's just so many other things and I've just gone through my Bible reading and I've just gone through it like it's just another part of my day. It's just another checklist that I've just gone through and, and I'm just, just in that day not been willing to be disturbed. I'm too busy, God. 
I'm too busy for you to really speak to me. I'm too busy to really just get something from your word. And yet the very interjections can be there. I think sometimes we miss out in that way because sometimes we discount our faithfulness to the, the gathering times of our church and sometimes we'll, we'll find other things to distract us on those days and yet it's the very thing maybe that you needed is the very thing that's going to be mentioned that day and that could be God's interjection in your life. And sometimes He'll come and He'll just disturb a little bit our mundane and then, you know, He'll give us His answers through through prayer and through circumstance. In John 16, 24, he says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. You know, sometimes we pray with an answer in mind. Sometimes we pray with us already having figured out how God should answer that. And so we go along life and yes, there's... there's there's an answer, but it's not the answer that we were expecting. So we sort of go, well, that's not it. And we're not willing to then respond to that and listen to that and allow God to interject in our day because we want a different interjection. We want a different response. We had already in our minds thought, no, 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 this is how, God, you should do it. And I'm praying because I know I should, but can you answer this way the way I want it? No, no, that's not how God works. God, God is not dependent on us. We're dependent on God. And so sometimes He'll answer us in a different way, in a different manner. And it might be something that's unexpected. It might be something that's even uncomfortable. It might even be something, but, you know, we ought to just find our joy in the fact that God would answer anyway. Right? He's that kind of God. He promises that if we seek Him, he'll, we will find Him. He promises that if we'll knock, we'll get an answer. If we ask, and, and we understand that sometimes those things may not line up to our expectation. And no doubt, as they were in the field, they may have thought, what, Bethlehem? In a manger, not on a throne? What do you mean? And yet, here they were, and let us now go, they said in verse 15. And so... Joy, the entrance of joy, it's got to come at times as an interjection in our, in our routine. But then also what we see here in verses 11 to 14, we see that joy comes also as we prioritize worship in our routine. Because in verse 15, it says, uh, verse 14, all of that, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so the angels end on that note. They, they've already said that this is news that will bring great joy. And in verse 15, it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them unto heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. So this was response to, again, what God had made known to them. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the, the saying which was told them concerning this child. But there was a priority of worshipping. I think many times the reason why we have a lack of joy in our lives is because there's a problem with our worship. You know, we, as, as people, God made us to worship. We're designed that way. And you, you don't have to really look any further than the variety of beliefs out there that result in a worship of false deities. There's a worship of things at times. 
you look around and there's just a natural thing where, where people will bow to a certain, a certain interest or a certain authority. And, and yet here we are and, and God himself is seeking such that will be true worshipers. In John chapter 4, in dealing with the woman at the well, his response to her uh, conjecture about where they were at as far as, uh, as, far as worshiping, he says here in John 4.23, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And notice, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. And so even in our time and even in, in who God is, the true God, He's seeking such to worship Him. And we are to be worshipers. How's your worship life? You know, the, the A.W. Tozer said this, God wants worshipers before workers. Indeed, the only acceptable workers are those who have learned the lost art of worship. You know, we're gonna, we've gathered here today and we've had those who've practiced and labored to, to sing songs of praise. There have been those yesterday who spent most of the day here laboring and in the, in the heat and in the fellowship and all of that, just working around the property to make sure that this event tonight will go ahead and there are those that went about and, and we're thankful for those who work and who labor and who do those things for God. But you know what God seeks for before the work? God seeks for those who will worship. God will seek for those who have taken their time in the week and taken their time and perhaps even this morning to bow a knee, to, to get their hearts right, to get their hearts settled, to get the, in the Word, to get God ministering to them and to be sitting at Jesus' feet and making sure that before the work has been, there's been some worship that happened too. And that, that, that sense of just being in the Lord's presence and, and being humbled and bowed before Him, that's worship. Because see, sometimes I think we figure worship is a once a week deal. You know, we often call our services worship services, right? And we think that once a week, that's, that'll fill us up for the week. That worship is somehow tied to just sitting here and maybe not even being involved, but listening into the things that's being preached, the things that are being sung, those things that are being done, and then, yep, done, part of my routine, tick, worship. That's not worship. Worship is a daily. Worship is a moment by moment. Worship is a life. It's, a, it's, a, it's being consumed with the thought and the, of the nature and the person of God. It's a, an understanding of who He is and who we are. And it's an understanding that each day we actually have the great privilege, elevation of the Spirit, and yet the lowliest prostration of the soul. It's a low, lowliness. You know, often we, we view worship with a raising, <laughs> but God views worship as a lowering. And God views worship as coming down and you know joy comes from that joy comes from from our willingness to make really make him our pursuit that's who Jesus should be he's he should be our greatest pursuit and in the offer here that the angels made wasn't anything else but Jesus that was their offer and joy it can sometimes it can come as a as a result of a change of motivation you know you Sometimes we like to put off those things that we can put off, right? If you're, you're, sometimes you have a lazy week and you just don't want to do any chores. You know, have any witnesses this morning? Just don't want to do any chores, right? Who, who had that week this week, all right? I'm just putting my hand up because 
most weeks that's me, but you just, you just don't want to do it. But, you know, you get sometimes the only motivation you need is someone is coming over, right? You get a phone call, hey, I'm five minutes away. It's a miracle what you can do in five minutes, right? Suddenly the bathrooms are shiny. Suddenly, you know, you've suddenly mopped the floor and, and all those things you've been putting away that you're thinking, oh, it's going to take me all week. Five minutes, done, right? You just change your motivation. And that's what happens at times that that switch needs to flick a little bit in our lives. You know, the things of God sometimes can become just laborious, just a chore. Just a thing, yes, we just put it off. I know I have to read my Bible, but I just put it off. I know I should pray. I know I should serve. I know I should do this. And, I should, you know, and we go through that list and it becomes chores. But you know what needs to change? It's just a change of motivation. It's just change of the fact that, you know, we have a God who's worthy to serve. We have, a, we have a Savior who's come. And out of anyone that is around, we ought to be, as Christians, we ought to be the ones that are most joyful. But what happens is maybe it's just that we've not prioritized worship. We've just gone through and it's just been another thing. And as we live today, the good news has already been declared in our hearts. We don't need angelic hosts to announce any further. We have Christ. And each day, it ought to be a pursuit of Christ. And, you know, lastly, this morning, verses 16 to 18, as they come with haste, and I said it, we read it, verse 17, when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it worked, wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Here's the last thing that we, we learn you know, when an entrance of joy comes, it really, that ought to result in us testifying of Jesus as part of our routine. Because here's what happened, because of the wondrous thing that they beheld, they were really eyewitnesses of this. What transpired in their lives, what was produced in their lives was joy to tell others. Joy to tell all those around them. And, you know, those of us who are saved here this morning, we've encountered the living God. We, we have him in our hearts. And, and what more, what, what better news to tell others? You know, tonight we're going to have a great opportunity, aren't we? We're going to have a time where actually we're going to be able to, as the community comes, Lord willing, just, just show joy. You know, the best advertisement for Carols by the Creek is you with a happy face. You with a joy about who Jesus is. And their joy was based on an eyewitness account. Are you an eyewitness? If there was a time where you trusted Christ as your Savior, then you're an eyewitness of the truth. You're an eyewitness of that. And, and there were eyewitnesses of, of this, this joy, this great news, but their joy was then declared for others to hear. They made known. They made known, the Bible says, this child. Concerning this child, they told all about Christ. And I wonder if we would take the opportunity through the course of our week, through the course of just our, our habit, to interject in someone else's life the joy that we find in Jesus. And I hope we don't settle for just a mundane existence. I hope that we go through each day just expecting perhaps that God can interject that as we get in his word and, and maybe as we observe life, that actually God's just trying to get our attention and, and, and we make him our greatest pursuit. We worship daily. 
Hope that we would do that and that, that, will, that will fill us with joy as we tell others of the great joy that we have about the Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time that we've had this, this day. Just thankful, dear Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to be in your house, Lord, to open your word and to be ministered to. And We're glad, Father, for the fact that we can call you our, our Savior, our Lord. We're thankful that you came to this sin-cursed earth and you interjected on behalf of a lost mankind and you willingly laid down your life and you willingly lived this, this, through this wicked world, a perfect life, to be a, the perfect sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. And we're thankful, dear God, that that, that, that moment in time changed the all of eternity for so many. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to then just allow that to, to fill our hearts with joy today, especially as we are, are going to be able to see just the those who are part of our community who probably are looking for answers, looking for, uh, perhaps even just to, to have a good time with, with their family, singing traditional carols. But Lord, really, the, your, your, uh, Lord, your desire for them is to know you as their Savior. So I pray that you'd help us this day, Lord, to, to do that and to see that be in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going to sing a song.